0: We lose freedom here. There's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on earth. Courage. Always remember,
1: others may hate you. Those who hate you don't win unless you hate them. Plus vision.
0: A true revolution of values will soon cause us to question the fairness and justice many of our past and present policies.
1: This is the American Mutso Show. Welcome back to the American Mutso Show. I am your host Eric Mutso. This is going to be a good show. I just have a feeling that, that we are going to learn a lot of good things. Okay, so you're going to hear this in the background. So uh, 200x LGBT men, women rally to show freedom they've found in following Jesus. This is amazing. Um, I'm going to have you listen for a second.
0: Well, here I am with my brother, Louis J. Ruiz, and the Lord has been amazing to us. There are so many things that I have learned in this process. There's one that stands out a lot to me, and Edward confirmed it when he was speaking his I learned that that authority and that power that God has given me. Amen. That same power and authority that he has given us today here in D.C. to shape the foundations of this city yes. and tell the nation that change is possible in Christ. Yes. God is good. Yes. That
1: That's one of the greatest things I've ever heard. Um, well, so so people are upset about this. Well, why would they be upset? You know, because these are... If if morality is relative, then what is wrong with 200x LGBT people publicly saying that they've found Jesus and they, they're stopping, they're abandoning homosexual and transgender practices? If, if there is no such thing as truth, then what's wrong with their truth? Does that make sense? And so uh, they all came together, they had this uh, wonderful event, and... And good for them. Um, it's getting, picking up a lot. It's been shared like 323,000 times on Facebook. Um, uh, good for them. Next story. Girl believed to be the tiniest newborn weighed in at. In San Diego Hospital on Wednesday, um, this, this little girl said she believed to be the world's tiniest surviving micro preemie. I've never even heard this micro preemie. Who weighed just eight point six ounces when she was born in December. So this girl was born twenty three weeks and three days into her mother's forty week pregnancies. Doctors told the doctors told her father after birth that he would have about an hour with his daughter before she died. But that hour turned to two. Which then turned into a day, which then turned into a week, which has now um, turned into about five months. Five months has passed and she's gone home as a healthy infant weighing five pounds. So the question is, um, what about the clump of cells that she was at the at the uh, 23 weeks that that people say that she was a clump of cells? Um, I think that this was this was a uh, a direct um, a direct message from heaven. Um, because this hasn't happened before. I mean, has anyone ever heard of this, especially now, um, May 30th, 2019? I I think it was a direct message from heaven saying, Hey guys, get your act together because these are my children. And so that's amazing. Um, that really is amazing. Now, I understand that topics like abortion are super uncomfortable um, because because they really are. Um, It's an uncomfortable topic. People think, well, why do you keep talking about it? Why do you keep saying these things? But um, one of the reasons why I talk about it probably on a daily basis, at least think of it, because I can't think of anything worse that's happening in the world. Um, I can't, I can't think of anything worse. And so how do we stop that? I I think there's only a limited amount of, or not a limited, we should only put so much energy into it because we don't want it to consume us. But, but I truly believe that it needs to be our, um, it needs to be one of the, the forefront topics that we're talking about in society right now. Um, because, as we know, 3,000 Americans, 3,000 babies die in the United States of America every single day. And and what really matters? Like how does how does school matter? How does how does marriage matter? How does family matter? How does how does, um, you know, getting a job, providing for your family? How does any of that matter if you're dead um, well none none of it matters if you 're dead and and so w- those those babies that are dying if if we aren 't their voices who who will be their voices um, uh, i i don 't believe it 's just a right i don 't believe it 's just my right, especially as a man, to speak about this um, but I believe it 's my responsibility. And if if men as protectors of society aren't speaking about it, then we're supposed to leave that to just women to speak on it as men. We have to because we need to educate and we need to not necessarily have the government come in and force. I I think this even though that'd be great, you know, I I think that we win this. I just don't see it happening. I don't see RV way being turned, especially who's in there right now. I don't see that happening right now. And so how do we win this through a cultural um, discussion? I think we win this through light and truth. That's the way that we win this topic. I I know that Um, because then once everybody's educated on it and once the science has come out and we understand what's happening, like this 23 week old baby that went home with their family that right now is alive, um, that's how things are going to change is by just talking about it, and everybody starts to to notice it, even though it's uncomfortable. And so we're going to have somebody in in the next couple segments. Um, his name's Aaron Bullen, and he's an advocate with uh, Utah Pro-Life. He's going to be on the show today. Um, but we're going to go to the mail really quick. We're going to answer a question. Um, email me any, anything. You can ask me anything. And remember, it's not going to offend me. AmericanMoodSows at com. AmericanMoodSows at com. Uh, this question comes in. Um, I said nothing's going to offend me, and then this question comes in. So this is beautiful. It says here, why why are you so cool? Okay. So we got to set some ground rules, folks, because... I'm trying to be serious here, right? I'm trying to, I'm trying to have a real show. Like this is for real, all right? I'm trying to, like, so when you, why are you trying to? How are you so cool? Um, Look, anybody who knows me, my family, my friends, they already know that I'm not cool. And so this person that wrote me, they they already know that I'm not right, and so that's why they said it. So I'm trying to be serious. Okay, we need serious questions. Americanmutsoz at gmail dot com. at gmail com. This next question comes in. Um, this is pretty good. It's 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 called melting pot. Um, he says, so I've been thinking all the differences of opinions out there, including what we should and shouldn't be regulating. It got me thinking very deeply about societal structure. First of all, I am not racist, and I think I think a variety of culture is a good thing. I, find, I, I myself have lived throughout Bulgaria for two years. I learned their language. I'm fluent in speaking, reading, and writing. The downside to having a large melting pot of culture in America is that it comes with so many vast societal structures, including religions, beliefs, and lack thereof, economical levels, cultural differences, and differences of opinion regarding everything under the sun. Um, I think we're to a point that we just cannot agree as a whole on anything anymore because of the the large variety of beliefs and um, sets, and I don't say that in a negative way. It's just how I view the chaos that has become the American way of life. Um, Diversity is a good thing, but it's become too hard to please everyone. Uh, great question i The thing that comes to my mind immediately is that most most cultures, most faiths, now not all, but most cultures and most faiths and most internal beliefs really does come back to the golden rule, like most of them do, um, besides you know uh, you know like extreme Muslim. Islam, where basically if you don't believe what they believe, they kill you. Um, barring that, most of the melting pot of these different cultures comes back down to treating people like you want to be treated. Um, some of the greatest discussions I've ever had are from with people from different faiths, even people that don't believe in Christ, like I believe, um, because it does come back to treating people like you want to be treated. And I, And I really believe that if we just follow the golden rule, and we just we treated people like we want to be treated without trying to change each other's um, theology and beliefs um, in who we're actually worshiping. Everything will work. So I get it. I understand the question. Like, I think we're to a point where we just not we cannot agree. You're absolutely right. It's a good thing to not agree. But we can we can disagree and still love. That's my point. And so I hope that answers your question, um, because. Because I, I believe diversity is a beautiful thing, um, even within your own house. You know, my wife and I, we don't agree on, on a lot of things, actually. Um, but we just try to treat each other like we want to be treated. And I think that, that's how it needs to be. Another quick question that came in. Let's talk about guys who feel like girls today and how that will affect women in sports. Okay, that's great. Uh, let me just read this meme really quick that I saved on this, and I'm going to use it here. Democrats in the U.S. House of Representatives voted unanimously for legislation that will allow transgender males to compete in women's sports. So when a 6'11 guy who feels like a girl takes the college basketball scholarship your daughter spent 10 years working for, be sure to thank a Democrat. The Democrats in Congress are throwing away 100 years of battles for women's rights. It's time to walk away from the Democratic Party people. You need to step it up. You need to walk away. They're going further left and left and left and left and left. And there's no stopping them. We'll be back in a minute. Welcome back to the American Mutsos Show. I am your host, Eric Mutsos. Um, I want to share this with you really quick. I want to talk about fear for a second. Um, So I, I read this fear has two meanings. Forget everything and run or face everything and rise. The choice is yours. Um, isn't it funny with fear, like how real fear is, but at the same time, how, how not? Meaning, do you ever find in your life a lot of the things that you're most afraid of? They don't even, they don't even come to pass a lot of times it doesn't even end up happening. I got this letter um, probably a month or so ago. I get a post-it from the post office. I was getting a letter um, certified mail but I saw that it was from an attorney's office. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh I'm getting served paper. Like somebody's suing me. So I start thinking of all of my you know enemies. Like who's coming at me? Why are they coming at me? What I can do? I'm trying to piece all this together. I call my attorney. He's like, dude, just calm down. You don't know what's going on. So the next like three or four days because it was a weekend I'm 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 having issues like I'm I'm thinking about it it's bugging me I'm not eating Um, and then when I finally get the letter I I read it and I'm just like oh my gosh (laughs) it was something so dumb Uh, but but I worked up over this thing you know I was so worked up over it Um, and then sometimes when, um, when fear strikes because of an actual tragedy it's real um, but I'm convinced that when we face our fears, um, we really can rise. Like I, I believe that God um, kind of puts these Goliaths in front of us um, in our lives so that we can um, we can take them out with Him. Um, I'm convinced. I really am. I, I I know that that's true. You know, for years and years and years, I had this same reoccurring dream, and and I may have talked about this on the very first show, but. Um, it was a wave. Like I, I in my dream I would I was on the beach and I would look up and there was probably a two to three hundred foot wave that was getting ready to crash on me. And so inevitably I'd just start running. I'd run start running down the streets like trying to get away from this wave and I'd scream like let's go, let's go. And, and then it would hit me and then I'd wake up and I couldn't breathe. And then, and that happened for so long. And, and I remember thinking, why is this happening? Like, why do I keep dreaming about this wave taking me out? And so, so I don't know if you've ever been in a dream when you know that you're dreaming, but you know that you're not. So I was in that state in the same dream. Well, I turned around and I looked at the wave. And I remember just piercing right into the center of the wave, staring at it. And there was just this dark black hole. And I just started running towards it just as fast as I could, running towards the wave, not away from the wave. And I just dove straight into the wave. And I remember all of a sudden I pop out on the other side of the wave. And and then it starts sinking down and then I, I get down to the sand and then another one comes and then I start running at that one. Dive in. And I just kept repeating this. And and I stopped having the dream. And it, and I didn't have it anymore. And, and I'm convinced that because when we face our fears and and we rise and literally I rose like I rose to the top of the wave each time that's how that's what we're supposed to do so when things when things are I've noticed in my life the things that are the most the scariest I need to do that you know I need to do I'm, I, I love music right and um one of my friends and I were talking about doing a Facebook live with music right and but I get so scared like I get so scared knowing that someone's watching me now I can't edit it and um and so I did a Facebook live, and it was i couldn 't even breathe i don 't know why I get this way and so the other day or um, a couple nights ago i have i ended up doing i go Facebook live at one thirty in the morning because i i 'm a night owl i just i, I usually i just don 't sleep you know ever since getting out of police work i've just i 've always had an issue with sleep um, but but i I put on a live concert. And I knew that I was going to delete the thing. So there was only a few people in the room and they were like, you know, giving me requests. It was beautiful because I didn't care. I didn't care if I messed up because I knew I was going to delete it. And so, but I did it and I felt so good because I just did it. And I'm convinced that if we just do the things that we're afraid of, we, we will inevitably rise to the next level. And then, and then another challenge will come and then we face that. And I think that's how God works in our lives is that we need to face our fears. Um, because, because how else are we going to grow? Which leads me to my next uh, question. Um, what's your favorite? So this is from one of my, um, only listeners I'm sure of. Um, but, but, but this listener stands with me through thick and thin. That is for sure. Just stands with me. I love it. Um, makes me happy. So this is, this is from favorite story in the scriptures. So what's your favorite story in the scriptures and how have you applied it in your life today? Um, this actually wasn't one of my favorite stories, um, until after I had already applied it. I don't know if you ever have that happen where you've been through it. And then when you read about it, um, that feeling just like rocks you, you know, it's like, uh Oh, like, I know what that feels like because I've already been through it, and I understand. Um, there's a story about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and and it's about them um, bowing down to the golden idol and how the king, I, I believe it was King Nebuchadnezzar, I could be wrong, wanted them to bow down to this idol, and they wouldn't do it. And so he grabbed them and they threw them in the fire, um, but they didn't die. And, but, it, but how scary that was, was for them, I would imagine, I would imagine they got thrown in a fire and, and they, and ultimately, you know, the story. And if you don't, uh, you should look it up, but, um, they saw four people, the king actually saw four people in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. And that fourth person was Christ. And so, um, because they didn't bow down, they didn't bow down to the things of the world. And that's one of my favorite scriptures because um, I've lived through that. And in fact, you can read my book. Um, so if you go to com under menu, you can read my book about my law enforcement experience um, because that was probably the most tr- trying time of our lives. Um, but it was the most powerful looking back. It's only been five years now. Um, it's sometimes a little hard to talk about, um, but it's one of the reasons why I have such a strong belief in God because he was with me. I I have such a strong belief in the first amendment and such a strong belief in the constitution and such a strong belief in why it is that we need to speak um, in those very uncomfortable situations, because um, I really believe we're losing our freedom. I really, I really believe that, that we're losing it on it. We're losing ground on a daily basis And it's from this idea that one of the reasons why we fled England, you know, hundreds of years ago was because the state, you know, England, the the government, they were forcing ideas on the people and they couldn't do it anymore. Taxes, um, uh, religious ideas, irreligious ideas. And if you didn't follow it, you would they would destroy you. And the same exact thing is happening now. Except it's irreligion. I'm going to read this quote really quick. It's really powerful. We are now entering a period of incredible ironies. Let us cite but one of these these ironies, which is yet in its subtle stages. We shall see in our time a maximum, if indirect, effort to establish irreligion as the state religion. Think about that for a second. We will see an indirect effort made to establish irreligion as the state religion, meaning no religion is the religion, meaning you can't talk about it. And if you talk about it, we will come at you. So I remember I remember when I was um, this happened. This happened so much as a cop. Um, people would come at me and say, you can't talk about those things. Well, what do you mean I can't talk about it? What, what does it say on your money? What, what, what is the motto of America? Does, does anyone know the motto? Do you know the motto? In God we trust. That's the motto. So we cannot allow irreligion to become the religion. We have to stand our ground. There are no more Plymouth Rocks to run to. This is it. We'll be back in a minute. Voices of truth and insight. This is the Loving Liberty Radio Network. Welcome back to the American Muto Show. I'm your host, Eric Muto. As we talked about religious freedom, something I just read. This last week, it has been seven centuries since the death of William Wallace. I just read this from Larry Reed on Foundation of Economic Education fee. And, yeah, I didn't know that. So he was, let's see, his capture was on August 5th, 1305. He was hauled to London to face charges of insurrection found guilty and brutally executed by edward the first seven centuries ago on august 23rd 1305 so if you haven't seen braveheart well i guess the clean flicks is now gone right so the you have to see the gory version if you're going to see it Uh, but there's very few movies that are moving and this is absolutely one of them to me um it is so good so it says here, Edward Edward was deservedly known as the hammer of the Scots. So clearly he didn't like the Scottish. His designs on Scotland were apparent shortly after he ascended to the English throne in 1272 when Wallace was but two years old. While the Scottish people themselves may have been staunch in their desire to retain their own national identity, many of the nobility were unprincipled opportunists who connived with Edward to allow English encroachment in exchange for political favors. More than a dozen of them claimed the Scottish throne in 1290 and then invited Edward to settle the question. Young Wallace emerged early as a Scottish patriot of special metal, leading his countrymen to smashing victory of the Battle of Stirling Bridge on September 11th, 1297. So with all of that, let me play this.
0: For presenting yourselves on this battlefield, I give you thanks. This is our army. To join it, you give homage. I give homage to Scotland. And if this is your army, why does it go? We didn't come here to fight for them. fight as free men and free men you are what will you do without freedom will you fight fight against that no Uh, we will run and we will live fight and you may die run and you'll live
1: probably one of the greatest scenes in Hollywood history and I'll bet in real history it was even better than that. It had to be William Wallace? Come on. And I'll bet you he was taller than Mel Gibson. i bet he didn't have blue eyes and such a square jaw though. Who knows? Um, They need to cast a bald guy. I know The Rock now. You know, Dwayne Johnson. He's kind of the hot thing in Hollywood now. And so that gives me hope. You know, maybe one day I can be in a movie because I don't have any hair, especially Mel Gibson hair. So I wanted to bring this up really quick, because this is what I think where America is going. We are we are so divided. We are the divided states of America. That's what's happening. And, and I don't know how this goes down, but it's going to go down. And, and it's almost like you have to pick a side, right? So whether you believe this or not, there's a story in the Book of Mormon, and it's what I believe to be scripture. So whether you think it's just a fairy tale or whatever, just, just the principle, just listen to the story. But there was a man named Corey Antmer and a man named Shiz, and they were on opposite ends of the, they were, they were battling each other and it came down. There was a prophecy that if they wouldn't repent, that God wouldn't spare the people. And so that everybody would be destroyed. All of his household, save himself. And and they shall live to see it. And so, and it came to pass that Coriantum repented not, neither did his household, neither did the people, and the war ceased not. And they sought to kill each other. So so that just kept going and going and going. And it, it showed how the next person wounded the next person and killed the next person. Well, what, what ended up happening is that the women and the children, in the end, all had to choose a side. And so there was no—they you, they had to choose something. They had to choose either one side or the other. But what ended up happening is both sides were wrong. Neither of them were right, and therefore the entire Jaredite nation perished. And so I just wonder, like, are we like that? Like, you know, these Democrats, Republicans, almost picking a side, and are we both— Right, do we do we really have the truth? Because if you look at the leaders, the the high up leaders in the Republican Party, you look up the high up leaders in the Democrat. It's the same system. It's the same exact problem, and so they. It says, "It came to pass that when they were all gather, gathered together, every one to the army which he would." With their wives and their children, both men and women, children, being armed with weapons of war, having shields and breastplates and headplates, being clothed after the manner of war, they did march forth one another to battle, and they fought all the day long and conquered not. And it came to pass that when it was night, they were really weary and retired. Well, it doesn't say really. They were They were weary. And retired to their camps, and after they had retired to their camps, they took up a howling and a lamentation for the loss of the slain of their people. And so great were their cries and their howlings and lamentations. They did rend the air exceedingly. So everybody's just crying, and everybody, I mean, it's, can you imagine? And it came to pass on the morrow, they did go again to battle, and great and terrible was the day. Nevertheless, they conquered not. For the loss of slain of their people. And it came to pass that Corianna wrote again an epistle. So he wrote a letter to Shiz saying, desiring that he would not come to battle, but he would take the kingdom and spare the lives of the people. So they both had so much pride. And and it says here that Satan had full power over the hearts of the people. And they were given up to the hardness of their hearts and the blindness of their minds that they not, might be destroyed. Wherefore, they went again to battle. And it came to pass that they fought all the day long. And when the night came, they slept under their swords. They slept upon their swords. And on the morrow, they fought even until the night came. And when the night came, they were drunken with anger, even as a man who is drunken with wine. And they slept again upon their swords. So then it came down to, let's see, 52 people on one army and 69 people on the other. And it came to pass that they slept upon their swords again. And they fought again. They contended. All the next day. And when the night came, there were 32 people and there were and seven of the people of Coryamur. OK, 20. OK, 27 and 32. And then it came to pass that they ate and slept and prepared for the death on the morrow. Came to pass that they fought. So anyway, it came down to Coryamur and Shiz. And it came to pass when Corianna had leaned upon his sword that he rested a little and he smote off the head of Shiz. And it came to pass that after he had smitten off the head of Shiz, that Shiz raised up his hands and fell. And after he struggled for breath, he died. So again, why why I bring this up? Because I feel like we were almost like the Jaredite nation in a way. Now, we know that's not exactly how it's going to end, but it's almost like you have to pick a side. When the reality is, in my opinion, both sides. Now, even though I lean more right, it's it's so corrupt, you know, like even the leaders that we think are for truth and liberty when we find out they're the, the, the amount of money they're getting on the back end of these deals um, Republicans and Democrats and, and they're just expanding this debt that we have, the whole thing is corrupted and and it doesn't mean that we just give up, but I, I, don't, I really don't know what it means, but this is what it reminds me of so how we got from William Wallace to Shiz and Corian I guess, you know, swords and but but that's, that's where I think we are. And so do we have to pick a side is the question. Do we have to choose one or the other? Or can we f- think freely for ourselves? Can we really think freely? We'll be back in a minute. Welcome back to the American Muto Show. I am your host, Eric Mutzos. Thank you for joining me. We talked about some pretty interesting stuff in the last William Wallace. We talked about religious freedom. Um, really quick, before we get into it on this last segment, how did you start your day today? Did you start it with coffee, donut, cereal? Was it with you know, preservatives, sugars, carbs? How did you start it? So my friend shared with me this product. And you can go to it right now and just read my testimonial. If you go to ericmuzos.com, and then under menu you can look up Eric's Superblend. Um, it's over 14 supplements in a single serving. So the idea is when you when you start your day right, that your it stabilizes your body and blood sugar. And so when when you have all the nutrients you need, your body doesn't crave. And so all throughout the day, you're not dipping back up and down, up and down. And so it balances you. And so it has multivitamin, multimineral, antioxidant blend, energy, immune support, prebiotics, probiotics, um, digestive enzyme blend. It maintains lean muscle mass. It's a green superfood. So there's 12 servings of fruits and vegetables per serving. It's a detox liver support, neural support formula, and a hormone support. So... Basically, it has everything your body needs so that you 're not craving my kids drink it um, all of my kids drink it. Um, my boy asks for it every single day it 's pretty good uh, for a green drink I mean good enough that my kids will drink it and so go give it a try there's a there 's a sixty day money back guarantee so you have absolutely nothing to lose Um, you can go to my testimonial and see my progress pictures it's it's pretty impressive stuff i still take it a year diets they do not work diets don't work because as soon as you go off a diet then you're finished and so this isn't a diet this is a one one shot in the morning you mix it with you know you can shake it up in a shaker you can blend it in a smoothie and then you're done for the day And then you just don't have those sugar cravings. And so go to startyourday.purite.com. So startyourday.purite, which is P-U-R-A-T-A-E.com. Startyourday.P-U-R-A-T-A-E.com. And you can also go to my testimonial. It's really, really awesome stuff. And if you put it on subscribe and save that means it's going to come to you each month and you get $14 off each order. Live with it for 60 days. If you don't like it, get all your money back, nothing to lose everything to gain. All right. On this last segment, this is going to, this is not normally what I talk about. So I was the other day I was having a, I was having a rough time and I told my wife, I said, I feel like I just need to meditate. Like I just feel like I need to meditate. Um, as a, as a dad, as a father, and a provider, and any dad or father or provider or you know somebody who has to pay bills in order to to make things happen at your house and to pay for it, could, there's pressure, right? And and so anyway, I had this conversation with my wife. Like, I feel like I need to meditate. Well, I get a text message from my friend earlier that morning. I didn't look at it. Okay, and. It's this guy named Joe Dispenza. I don't know if you have if you have ever heard of this person. But he I start listening to this YouTube and he starts talking about meditation and he talks about the power of thoughts and I immediately knew it was for me. I knew I was supposed to watch this. So anyway, the the title of it on YouTube, you can look it up. It's I don't like the ending of it, but it says learn how to control your mind. Use this to brainwash yourself Uh, The publisher is Fearless soul but I'm just going to Play a little bit I want to I want to have you Just listen to this
0: like how Cool how cool are some of these Ideas But your body now Knows how to do it better than your mind So if you think about it, people wake up in the morning, uh, they begin to think about their problems. Those problems are circuits of memories in the brain. Each one of those memories are connected to people and things at certain times and places. And if the brain is a record of the past, the moment they start their day, they're already thinking in the past. Each one of those memories has an emotion. Emotions are the end product of past experiences. So the moment they recall those memories of their problems, they all of a sudden feel unhappy. They feel sad. They feel pain. Now, how you think and how you feel creates your state of being. So the person's entire state of being when they start their day is in the past. So what does that mean? The familiar past will sooner or later be predictable future. So if you believe that your thoughts have something to do with your destiny and you can't think greater than how you feel, or feelings have become the means of thinking. By very definition of emotions, you're thinking in the past. And for the most part, you're gonna keep creating the same life. So then people grab their cell phone, they check their WhatsApp, they check their text, they check their emails, they check Facebook, they take a picture of their feet, they post it on Facebook, they tweet something, they do Instagram, uh, they check the news, and now they feel really connected to everything that's known in their life. And then they go through a series of routine behaviors out of bed on the same side, they go to the toilet, they get a cup of coffee, they take a shower, they get dressed, they drive to work the same way, they do the same things, they see the same people, they push the same emotional buttons, and that becomes a routine, and it becomes like a program, so now they've lost their free will to a program, and there's no unseen hand doing it to them, so when it comes time to change, the redundancy of that cycle becomes a subconscious program, so... Now, 95% of who we are by the time we're 35 years old is a memorized set of behaviors, emotional reactions, unconscious habits, hardwired attitudes, beliefs, and perceptions that function like a computer program. So then a person can say with their 5% of their conscious mind, I want to be healthy, I want to be happy, I want to be free. But the body's on a whole different program. So then how do you begin to make those changes? Well you have to get beyond the analytical mind because what separates the conscious mind from the subconscious mind is the analytical mind. And that's where meditation comes in because you can teach people through practice how to change their brainwave, slow them down. And when they do that properly, they do enter the operating system where they can begin to make some really important changes.
1: I'm kind of getting emotional about it because um, <clears throat> it was such perfect timing for me. So I started to, I started to YouTube this guy, um, Joe Dispenza. It's, J-O-E-D-I-S-P-E-N-Z-A. He has some things that, you know, I don't, I don't agree with every single thing he's saying, but I started to do this meditation, and I kind of made my own spin on it because I listened to one of his guided meditations on, on YouTube, and it's about the power of breathing in and thinking of positive things and letting all the negative go. So what I did a little bit differently, and I invite you to try this, is I thought of three things. I started with five, but I I condense it down. I I thought of three things that I'm really thankful for. And then with the first breath, so I sit down, I close my eyes, and I think about three things that I'm very, very thankful for. So the first breath that I breathe in, I literally think of that thing, and I'll breathe it into me. And then I'll breathe out the negative and I'll do that for the next two things and then I go over and over and over and all of a sudden like something happens like it's a it's a chemical reaction I can't explain. So I've been trying to do this, you know, cuz for any listener out there you know that I've I have suffered from depression anxiety pretty much my whole life on and off. And and so this has really really helped me. And so if if you have those any kind of issues like that if you just want to just try it. Try what I'm telling you. Find this guy. Listen to what he's saying. Um, try that meditation and see if it works for you. If it does, send me an email. AmericanMutsos at gmail.com. AmericanMutzos at gmail.com. You can ask me any other questions too. Um, but it's really helped. Because I think that our I think that our our minds can get so negative so easily. I don't know why. I don't know why that is. It's like I tell my wife, I'm like, I'm one of the most negative, optimistic people (laughs) that you'll ever meet. So I wanted to I wanted to read a few. Oh, so I I saw this. This guy might be named Osho. I wanted to share with you says people who are spiritually minded tend to suffer from anxiety and depression more. You know why? Because their eyes are open to a world that is in need of repair. They literally have an increased ability to feel the emotions of people around them. So that gives me hope. I guess he's just saying, hey, you you have chance. You have a chance there. I wanted to read this, too, really quickly. It was a quote that uh, it says oh, it's by Anne Frank. Wow. What a wonderful thought it is that some of the best days in our lives haven't happened yet. Isn't that amazing? Like that makes me happy. What a wonderful thought it is that some of the best days of our lives haven't happened yet. Because we, sometimes we live in the past and we think, "Oh, it will never be like that. But like Anne Frank said, what a wonderful thought it is that some of the best days of our lives haven't happened yet. So thanks for listening. Uh, you've been listening to the American Mutso Show. God bless and make it a great day. We'll see you next time.
0: Timely, credible, thoughtful discussion. This is the Loving
1: Liberty Radio Network.